Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Um, yeah, guys, I'm really um, am to be here before you. Um, this year, 2019, marks my 10 years since my first year at Varsity. Um, so hopefully I don't look too old. Um, I tried to cut my hair, but shorter this week, so I don't look too old. Um, but it's really like a cool opportunity to stand here before you and to talk about being first and the challenges that it is and um, our God that we have through the challenges. And also, it's amazing seeing people bring words and stuff that already um, speak to, to a certain point in my sermon um, that I know, okay, cool, I don't have to preach that. It's already been preached. So, yeah, I just really want to praise God for that. Um, for those of you that know me, um, my name is Hanu Wissenbrink, um, and um, I... Um, joined Shofar in 2009 in Shofar Salambosh, and um, I started engineering there for four years, finished my degree, um, and I just saw this morning on Facebook, I had such a laugh, I saw this, this Facebook memory where I had posted on 23rd Feb in 2009, I wonder if I'll ever pass a math test again, because by that time I'd failed three of my weekly TAT tests completely. Uh, after getting 90s in matric, and I got like 4 out of 10, 3 out of 10, and then 0 out of 10. Um, so if you are here at this stage and you're feeling that's what's happening in academics as a first year, don't worry, things might pick up. Study hard. Um, there is a way. <laughs> uh, we have a God that's more powerful. I finished my degree on time, even though it started a bit shaky like that. Um, so, so like I said, we are from Shofar Christian Church. Uh, I just want to share our vision. You can see our vision on there, which is very small, or on your little pamphlets. It's to reach nations and generations through disciple-making, leadership development, and church planting. So we're really um, passionate about reaching nations and generations, so different nations, different generations. As well, our church also is very missional. Uh, we're going to send a team of students out to Zimbabwe in the June holidays. So if you like mission trips, you like to be out of your comfort zone, um, come in the June holidays. You can ask some of the guys who went on it last year. It was amazing. Um, I think... Randy, who sang worship, even cut the chicken's head off at some stage. Um, but he also pitched very well, and we saw God really move and do amazing things there. Um, so if you are keen to come join us for that, that's in the June holidays. Um, yeah, it's really cool. You would have also gotten a little welcome pack when you came in. Um, on it, you'll find a white card. Um, if you want us to get in touch with you, um, you can write your details there. We won't put you on a big mailing list and spam you every 20 seconds. Um, it's just for us, if you want us to follow up, if you want us to, to tell you more about our small groups or about our church, then please put your details down. You can hand it in um, on the way out at the juice table on the outside. Um, you're also welcome to grab some juice and chips afterwards on the way out, um, to, um, get to know us a bit more, or if you have to rush, you can rush afterwards. But you don't have to give, just want to say, you don't have to give in your card to get juice and chips. That's for free, Marla, because we love you, because Jesus loves you. Um, so I'm going to get into my sermon now before I, I talk a lot more nonsense. Put this paper down. Um, so I thought, what is a good sermon? And I, 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 I first had this very meaty thing, and then I thought, um, let me actually give you guys some tips of what I wish I knew when I was first year. Things that I thought that this would be, be good. So my sermon is called Survival Tips for UJ, A First Year's Guide to the Galaxy. And um, I really hope that, that, that's, that at least one of these tips and tricks might help you um, through your journey at Varsity. So tip number one is start right. Um, as you'll see, there's a fork in the road. Um, 
For those who like puns, there's a fork in the road, but I see there's not as many pun likers. But you'll, you'll find many times at Varsity, there'll, there'll be forks in the road. There'll be choices that you have to make. And I want to encourage you guys, really bring these choices before God, because the choices you make now has got a massive influence on the rest of your life. Um, the choices you make 10 years later isn't as big as the choices you make now. The, choice, the choices you make now um, th- determine what kind of job you'll end up into, if you'll finish your degree, what kind of home you live in one day, or what kind of prison or rehab you live in one day. It all depends on the choice that you make now. So the choices you make now is so, so crucial. Um, so please um, bring them before the Lord. Um, it says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and he'll make your paths, he will make straight your paths. So really, um, bring every decision you make at the start of your first year to God. And say, but Lord, how do I do this for you? Also do things in the moment. Go for the 2 o'clock in the morning ice cream and all the crazy things. But make sure you make the big choices correctly. Second tip. It is possible to start over. So I said, please start right. But it is possible to start over. And I, and I had a feeling while praying this week that there might really be... Um, some of us here today that feel that I came to varsity to, and I hope to have a second chance. I didn't have a good high school career. Things weren't as I planned. There is some shame. There is some bad things from high school that I want to get away from. And I want to encourage you. I felt the Lord saying there is a lot of new stars here available at UJ. Um, but but um, above all, the new start is in Him. Um, he is the one who makes us new. He's the one who can give us a new, um, new personality, not new personality, but a new being inside. He says in his word that um, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And if you are here and you want to have a new life, I want to encourage you to find that life today in Christ. Because um, you'll find, you might be able to get away from situations and circumstances at home, but your same internal issues will follow you. And I want to encourage you, Christ is that only one who can take away those things. Um, one of the reasons why I'm really so am to stand here today is that I used to stutter. I wasn't able to speak in front of two people at school. I think Sunet knew me when I came to Joburg. I was still shaky then. And in my first year, if you told me I'm going to preach for first years in 10 years' time, I would have laughed. I'm like, ha. No. I told people, no, I want to work with things and numbers, not people at all. I don't want to speak in front of people at all. And God was laughing at me all the way. He made me new. He gave me more confidence. He gave me the ability to speak um, and a lot of grace. Um, that empowers. So really, no, it's impossible to start over. Whatever situation you're in, you can start over. Um, tip number three, get the right friends. Um, and I want to stress this. This is not just a, a, a random, random thing. Um, your friends will form you. Like, show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you your future. Um, that's said by, by Jim Rohn. And I've also said um, that you will become the average of your five closest friends. So really make sure those guys we allow in your life, make sure they're all people that you want to shape you, people you want to, to form you. It says in the Bible, it says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Who wants to suffer harm? Okay. Walk with the wise. As well in Proverbs 27 verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And think about like, who do you want to, if iron sharpens iron, actually takes pieces of the iron off. Like, who do you want to allow to take pieces off, off from you? Um, make sure you choose people in your life that can do that. That being said, this is also the best time to make a diverse group of friends, to, to make friends from all different cultures and places and races and languages. Um, 
I, I, I grew up in a very Afrikaans area, and um, I knew black, white, and colored people, but I never knew Indian people at my school growing up. And I was at a, at a vacation job at Varsity that I worked with an Indian lady called Kirana. And it was such a blessed experience learning to, um, to, to, um, to, to, to know her, because I saw that actually she packs more lunch in every day for, for work than she needs to, so that she can share with other people. And it was so cool for me to learn from her culture and to learn how I could be a little bit less selfish as a westernized white person. It was so beautiful to see, um, to learn and see from another culture. So get people from that are way different from you, but make sure that your closest group of friends are those you want to shape you, those who, who, who you want to become like. Um, if, you, if you hang around people who work hard, you will end up feeling guilty and work hard as well. If you hang around people who sit around all day, you probably won't. Brings me to my next point. Avoid the F7 benches. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, F7 is a term that means you can't continue your studies, you fail too many subjects, and there's some locations on campus called F7 benches, where you'll mostly see hubblies and other stuff there, and people who are not allowed to study further. Make sure you associate with the right people. It even says in scripture, in Inclusions 1 verse 23, in the lateral imaginative edition, the LIE version, the longer you dwell in the land of the F7 benches, the shorter you'll stay at UJ will be. Please don't take a photo and post on social media, go past but um, make sure you associate with people that will influence you in the correct way. Um, in that same breath, still part of point number three is make sure you find a spiritual home. Um, my closest friends who have shaped me and influenced me and have formed who I am and have spoken to my life has been in, a, in church. Um, I met my fiancé through friends from church. Um, so church is good. Um, find a spiritual home. Find people who can help you to grow into more of what God wants you to be. That's important. In Hebrew 10 verse 25 it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Our Lord is coming and we need to stay strong. If you take a coal out of the fire, that coal will soon become cold and die. We need to be around Christians to, to, to stay strong and to be able to find a fight. Um, can you see, are you guys still awake? Can you just shake the person next to you and say, You have a beautiful smile. But please close your mouth, your breath stink. <laughs> um, if there's a lady next to you, you can take your phone number afterwards and you can thank me later. <laughs> Tip number four, seek truth and not just knowledge. Okay? Um, I want to tell a story that just shows you the difference between truth and knowledge. There were four students that, that came two days late for an exam to the lecturer and they had this elaborate story of how they're staying in Pretoria, and they couldn't get on time to UJ to write the exam because they had a flat tire. Um, they actually said the wheel came off and it rolled into the bushes and all of that. And the, the, the professor didn't have um, like really a way of determining if they're honest or not because like they all four like are backing each other up and telling the same story, so he couldn't really accuse them of anything. So he said, "No, it's fine. He'll give them a test." And he he put them into four separate rooms, and he quickly went on his computer and he typed up a test, and printed out the test and gave it to him and to them, and they were quite surprised when they got the test, because there was only one question. And the only one question that he asked them is, which of the four wheels came off? <laughs> so there's a difference between truth and knowledge, and uh, make sure you seek truth at your stay at UJ. Um, tr some truth... You won't find it in a textbook because it's truth about eternity, truth about life past, 
The truth about things that you won't find elsewhere, and you'll only find in the Bible and finding God. So seek truth, not just knowledge, and make sure you stay on the side of truth to keep yourself safe. Um, yeah, and then also like, know that truth is a person. It, it says in the Bible that um, Jesus said that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you really want to seek truth at UJ, seek Jesus Christ. Um, and it's amazing for me. I know UJ has an amazing calling. We just prayed about the campus last week, and he felt that it's a place where God is calling up leaders, calling up people to be not consumers but producers, to be change agents in this nation. Um, but for that to happen, we have to have the truth. We have to know who we are, have to know who God is, have to know the only one who leads us to the Father. Tip number five, don't wear your access card on your land yet. Because people will know you're a first-year-on engineer. Um, so, so, so please don't tell us all uh, that you're a first-year-on engineer. And I don't hate engineers. I'm, like I said, I'm an engineer myself. And I also did, did things like that. And um, I love engineering jokes as well. Um, do you guys know, how do you tell the difference between an engineer that's an extrovert and an, and an engineer that's an introvert? If an engineer is an extrovert, he'll look at your shoes when talking to you instead of his own. <laughs> so tip five, don't wear your access card on the lanyard. Um, tip number six, find your rhythm. Find something that works for you. Find a way that you can actually do things. You won't find balance. Balance is, is a myth. It's impossible to give as much time to sports and academics and friends and this and that. But find the things that are actually important to you, the things that you want to prioritize your life around um, and build your life around those things. Um, those things also include rest. I know you're a student and you've got a lot of energy. It also includes rest. Um, there's only so many three-hour nights the three hours sleep a night that you can get away with before it will catch up with you. Um, so rest is important. God made us to rest as well. But also know that it's important to get to our quiet time. Um, and um, it's important for us to maintain that connection with God. And that was John Piper who said, if you go on one slide, if you must choose between Bible and breakfast, choose your Bible and grab an energy bar. Then plan better. Man shall not live by bread alone. So we need bread, we need food, but we need our word more. And I, know, I think it was Martin Luther who actually said that, um, that if he knows he's going to have a normal day, he prays for one hour in the morning. But if he knows his day will be super busy, he prays for two hours in the morning. And so many of us, we like, no, it's a busy day. I'm just going to do that quick five minutes uh, or on the way to class. Just going to sing a worship song and I'll be okay. But really take time to pray, especially if you know you're, you're, you're busy. Um, this morning I got up at 20 to 5 because I knew I would be busy today, and I wanted to first be, be centered in God, first be grounded, grounded in God's love before I come here. Um, so make sure you, you plan and prioritize around your, your, your quality time and about time of God. Um, there's another saying that says, you always have time for the thing you do first. So people will say, I'm too busy, but you always have time for the thing you do first. Okay. Then, tip number seven. I'm actually going quite quickly. Won't keep you guys too long today. Tip number seven is follow the advice you give to others, including your future kids. Um, and I know it's very easy for us sometimes when we are faced before it for a challenge to say, but ah, this is not so bad, or I'm just going to try this once, or ah, it'll be okay if I sleep over at my girlfriend's place, or this or that. But think of what advice you would give to your kids, or to your small sister, um, or to your small brother. Would you say it's okay? Or think of how you would see your aunt or your uncle doing the same thing. 
Um, I once had a very interesting conversation with my cousin, because she was at a phase where she just wanted to have a tattoo, by all, all means possible. She just wanted to have a random tattoo, didn't have a meaning or anything, and she was like dead set on, on getting this tattoo. And I tried different angles and asked her, but how would you think your kids would see you in 20 years? And she says, no, it's fine. I'll be one of those cool moms and all this. So I'm not saying tattoos are wrong. I'm just saying this, this was like a random tattoo that was stupid. We can have a discussion about tattoos later on if you want to talk about that. Um, someone actually gave me a word in church one day saying they think I should get a tattoo on my hand. Um, I'm still waiting for the Lord to confirm to myself before I do that. Um, but... Oh, yes, tattoo story. Um, so then I asked her a question because I knew she looks up to my aunt very, very much. And I asked her, but Carmen, how would you see Tani Nina if she has a tattoo like that on her arm? And she's like, oh, well, no. Because she wants to be like Tani Nina and she actually changed the whole attitude. So ask yourself, like, how would other people, what advice I give other people? How would I see other people with the same thing, doing the same things that I do? Do I really agree this is a good idea or not? Um, yeah. Then tip number eight, can you just can you give the guy a shake again? Say hello. Are you still here? I'll get your phone number afterwards. I see there's guys doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, tip number eight is try new things and learn to fail forward. Um, you're at a stage where you can try a lot of new things, where you have tried a lot of things in high school, and you actually at varsity, where there's so many more choices, so many things you can do, um, and so many more things you can grow in. Like, and I just want to say, just want to commend our band this morning and the guys in setup and like Nkomo there on the um, projection. Just give them like a, a, a clap. They're all students that try, that's busy learning, that's growing. Um, and we also, as a church, we've got a passion for growing people. So if you want to try new things, if you want to say, I want to learn to do the announcements. It was Khali's first time doing the announcements. It was really cool. Um, we are passionate about growing people, passionate about seeing you grow into new things, but try new things and fail forward. If you fail, le- learn from it. Um, there's, there's a um, DARPA in America. There's the, the Finch the, um, the Finch Agency Research Projects Agency. It's a very long name. Well, the Finch Advanced Research Projects Agency. DARPA. But they, they built all these crazy robots, the one where you see them, the, the dogs and stuff that walk up over difficult terrains. But they also wanted to learn how to fly a hypersonic, um, I'm not sure if it's called a jet, but like a hypersonic vehicle that can fly. And um, they, they did wind tunnel tests and simulations for 20 years and got a lot of data. And they built a prototype, and they launched it, and they failed completely. They had absolutely no control over it, over the, the, the vehicle, and it just burned out. But they installed gazillion sensors on it, and they gathered more data in that one flight than they actually had gathered in the 20 years before then. And um, the next one they launched, they could actually control. Um, and, and they said they've learned, like, do not be afraid of failure. Do not be afraid of trying new things. Even investing so many millions of money so millions and millions of dollars on it because um, you will learn from it. You will actually be able to learn something new. So if you fail, fail forward. Um, I even have a friend. He um, is now a pastor of a church in Santon, but he first stood for, for, for Prim. He didn't get Prim. He just he lost Just Just. Then he said, I'm going to stand for um, under Prim. He missed it Just Just, like every time by something like 10 votes. 
And he said for Harker, and he went for it, and he did his, the, his best job he could do there, and he made a major impact in the race. So don't worry if you fail the first time. Go on. Um, even praying for people. I want to encourage you guys to pray for more people, to tell more people about God. Take a chance. They might reject you. They might actually really love it. Um, I had this one friend that I walked home from class every day, and he always, um, yeah, we always we talk nonsense and stuff, and the one day he just said, oh, I've got this bad pain in my leg. And without thinking, I just said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And he said, oh, thanks. And he walks on. And I was like, I was more surprised than he was. And I was like, what is this? And I was like, so wow, God is so amazing. This guy got healed. And I didn't even expect it. I didn't have the proper faith for it. But God still worked. Um, so take chances for that. You will never know what God can do through you until you actually allow God to work through you. Until you take a chance for God to work through you. Um, yeah. Even like... Preaching, so I must actually share more about myself being able to, to, to preach in front of people. Um, it's really an amazing work of God as well. Like, I went on a mission trip um, in 2011 um, to Botswana, and my leader gave us all sermon topics beforehand, that we should prepare sermons on topics. And um, I went to him immediately afterwards, told him, like, listen, go, I can't preach in front of people. Um, I'm not, I, if I have to do it, I, I won't go on the mission trip. He's like, no, just prepare it. You might share it one-on-one. You, you, you don't have to preach. I'm like, okay, cool. He lied. Um, <laughs> then um, we came on the mission trip, and I think about this, the, the second or, or third day or so, he came to me and said, honey, I just feel I want you to preach. Do you want to preach for us today? And I said, no. And um, I think he came back Two more times. So he came three times in total, like over the next few days, and asked me every time, honey, do you want to preach today? I said, no, sorry, God, I can't. Um, I just don't want to. Because I started, I couldn't get out two words after each other. Like, it was really bad. And um, then a few days went past that he did not ask me, and I thought, okay, cool, he had forgotten, it's fine, I'm safe now, just have to survive another five days or so, then I can go home. Um, and in my quiet time, the one morning, I just felt the Lord saying to me, you're going to preach today. I'm like, uh, okay, Lord, let me test you. If, if Ko asks me again today, then I will preach. But I, I was like, what are the odds? He's now so hurtful of asking this guy. He doesn't want to. He does, won't ask me again. Why would he even bother? Um, meanwhile, the Lord's speaking to Ko at the same time. As I walk back to, to the group, there he comes walking straight up to me and asks me, Hanu, do you want to preach today? And I preached that day, and I got my sermon out. It wasn't the most eloquent sermon, but I was able to preach. And the Lord started to use me in that way and started to grow me in the way. And it was amazing to see what he can do for us if we're weak. Um, the funny thing is that the sermon topic that was assigned to me was dying to self. So I felt I could really talk out of experience that day, standing there and feeling I'm dying here, <laughs> I'm talking to these people. So... Try new things, learn to fail forward, learn to grow. Um, God will use you in ways that you think is not possible. Um, you've got a lot more place inside you because you were made by the Creator. Like we heard a few times, we're made to know, know God. We're made to be saved by Him. We're made by Him because He loves us. And that's why I want to go to, 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 to my next two points. Is The last two tips is, tip number nine is learn who you are. Um, and it's very important that we find out in this time where it is, who are you? Who are you? And a lot of you might be asking the questions like, but who am I? What do I believe in? Where am I going in life? What do I stand for? Um, if someone stops you and t- says to you, tell me in 30 seconds, what is your life about? Why, why, do you, why do you live? Like, what would you tell them? And find those questions out. Seek God on that. You won't find them out just from yourself or from the world. The world might tell you why you are here. 
but you can only find the real answer for, um, from God. Um, let's go to the verse quickly. It says in Psalm 139 verse 14, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And it's, a, it's amazing to know that God made us fearfully and wonderfully. We are, uh, Stephen's laughing because he prayed that beforehand, I think, or someone prayed that beforehand um, without knowing it's in a sermon. But God made us fearfully and wonderfully. Um, each person is made with God by design. You are not, not just a random bunch of molecules that came together. Um, God made you. Um, and some of you might say, but I'm an accidental child. I want to say, for God, there's no accidental children. There's parents who are accidental parents who didn't plan you. But God planned you. God knew you were coming, and God formed you in your mother's womb. And, and even if you come from, from a past where you weren't planned, you weren't wanted, God wanted you. He wants you on earth, and he has God a plan and a purpose for you. Um, that's bigger than you could ever imagine or hope or dream or think about. Um, he always exceeds our expectations. So find out who God is. Find out who you are. Um, that's why I say tip nine is dependent on tip ten. Because um, tip ten is learn who your God is. We won't ever know who we are if we know who our God is. Um, if we want to know how this mic works, the best person will be to talk to the guy who actually made it, who designed it, who put it together. He will know exactly how it works. Um, and God made us inform us, and he will know what Randford is made for. He knows what gifts he has. He knows what talents he has. He knows what weaknesses he has, and he covers that. Um, and um, find God and find the answer of these questions from God. Uh, and it's very important that we don't just seek the things of God, but we actually seek God and we fi- seek a right view of God. And I want to talk about a few misconceptions that we have of God at times and, and how that affects the way we see God. And there are some of us that know God is an amazing creator. He's all-powerful. He's all-wonderful. And there's verse in the Bible that says, like, he holds the universe in the span of his hand. So, like, the whole universe is there. So I'm like a pixel, not even a pixel, somewhere there. And we think that we are so small and insignificant that what is, who is this God that he wants to be involved in us? And a lot of us might be that you almost think that if, even if there's a God, does he even want to know me? Does he even want to be involved with me? If you've, if you've only got the view of God's greatness and his power, then you might just be, not believe that God wants to know you. But there's also a side of God's holiness, um, which is also quite scary. We know that God is a holy God, and the angels in heaven, they're standing there singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's special angels in God's presence that have, um, I think they've got six pairs of wings, but the one pair of wings just cover their, their faces to shield them from the glory of God, to shield them from the holiness of God. And, like, and we know that if sin comes into God's presence, that will be utterly destroyed. If, if a sinful man comes into God's presence, he'll be utterly destroyed. And we might also have that view of God where we're like so scared of this holy and great and powerful God who hates sin, that we might not want to go to God even. Um, I want to say, if you're stuck there, there's different characteristics of God I also want you to know about. Um, God is a loving and a graceful God. Uh, it says in John 3 verse 16 that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that those um, no, he shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God wants us to have everlasting life. Um, he gave his Son for us. This holy and all-powerful, almighty and all-knowing God decided even before the creation of the world that he wants to send his son to die for us, to have that relationship with us restored. Um, and a lot of us might ask, but feel, or might just think that, Yo, but this is just so I can get saved, so that one day I can get in heaven, and hopefully I'm just there in a corner so God doesn't see me. I just want to get in, but I don't think God really likes me or he wants me there or so forth. But 
want to tell you God wants you there. He died for you. Um, if you look at what eternal life actually means from the Bible, in John 17 verse 3, it's like Jesus' last prayer. And he prays that, um, that, 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 that we might have eternal life. And he, and he then defines eternal life. He says that that is knowing the Father and knowing the Son whom we have sent. Um, and that is why Jesus came, so that we can know the Father and we can know the Son. Um, we can know them and we can know then through that who we are. And I pray that you guys might have that experience of eternal life already on earth here, because you can already on earth here come to know God, to know who He is, and to know who the Son is. Um, and I want us to have the right view of God, to not just have the loving and grace view, because it's also a mistake in doing that and forgetting about God's power and God's might. We might have this view of oh, God is just so grace, graceful. He died for my sins. I can do anything. I can just keep on sinning. I can keep on doing what I want and live my own life. Um, he'll just forgive anything that I do. Um, but God is still just. God is still a holy God. He's still a God that he didn't die for you to know him to keep on sinning. He died for you because he had a better way. And a lot of us might struggle with sin because we, we think that sin is better than God's way for us. Um, and if we really have the true belief of God's goodness, God's greatness, God's love for us, we'll know that whatever God has for us is better than our own will. Um, and like I've come to know by God has called me to do random stuff and to leave my corporate job and to move across town and to do a lot of random stuff for him. And I've, I've learned that through every step of obedience, it's such, such a blessed step to take. It's, it's so much better than any plan that I could ever come up with. Um, God's plans for me is better than any plan I can come up with. His ways of doing things, his rules and regulation of the Bible isn't there to, for, to kill our fun or to keep us away from doing what we want to do. It's actually there to protect us there because he loves us. Because God knows ultimately better how we were made, what we were made for. And we were made for knowing him. I just want to read from Psalm 19 verse 7 to 11. Um, and it's so, 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 so blessed to hear this. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, than a honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is a great reward. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.